As the prophets and teachers of the early church were fasting and praying, the Holy Spirit called Paul and Barnabas to go on their first mission journey. The church prayed together before sending them out. Hands were laid on them, and we prayed earnestly. As a united church, we prayed for their safety and that God would grant them the right words to speak to the multitudes. We prayed that our missionaries would be successful in spreading the gospel. Paul and Barnabas traveled to several places. In Cyprus, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. In Pisidian Antioch, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. When the Gentiles heard their messages, they believed. The word of the Lord spread throughout the entire region, and the disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. Paul and Barnabas appointed elders in every church and prayed with fasting, commending them to the Lord. They gathered the church together and reported all that God had done through them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. Good morning. This is our last Sunday in the series on the uh, Apprentice. And as you saw in the clip, it was about Paul and Barnabas. And we see from the clip that they were strong uh, saints of God they were strong missionaries but it didn't always start out that way we will learn later today that sometimes God calls us to minister to the lesser that they might become the greater let's pray Father, we thank you for your glorious presence today. We thank you for your great name. We thank you, God, that by your spirit, God, you call us to mentor those, to coach those, Lord, that may look different than us, that society may even have deemed to be not worthy. But God, help us by your spirit to listen today for the word. We pray, O oh God, that you would give us strength and encouragement as we hear your word to be doers and not only listeners. Prepare our hearts, dear Father. In Jesus' name, amen. If you don't mind, would you get your Bibles, if you're looking at a pew Bible, and turn with me to Acts Chapter 9, verses 26 through 31. If, you're, if you have your pew Bible, page 893. Again, that's Acts 9, verses 26 through 31. When he had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples, and they were all afraid of him. For they did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him, brought him to the apostles, and described for them how on the road he had seen the Lord, who had spoken to him, and how in Damascus he had spoken boldly in the name of Jesus. So he went in and out among them in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. He spoke and argued with the Hellenists, 
but they were attempting to kill him. When the believers learned of it, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. Meanwhile, the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and was built up. Living in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. Our next passage will be Acts 11, 25-30. And that's page 896. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for an entire year they met with the church and taught a great many people. And it was in Antioch that the disciples were first called Christians. At that time, prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them named Agabus stood up and predicted by the Spirit that there would be a severe famine over all the world. And this took place during the reign of Claudius. The disciples determined that according to their ability, each would send relief to the believers living in Judea. This they did, sending it to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. And then our last scripture will be Acts 13, verses 1 through 3, and that's found on the same page in your pew Bible, 896. Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, a member of the court of Herod, the ruler, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. This is the word of the Lord. We have a special presenter today, a preacher. Her name is Shauna Mason, and she's going to share with us on some characteristics of what it means to be an apprentice. God, in this day, for such a time as this, is calling for discipleship and calling for his church to mentor and to coach others in the kingdom. This is an exciting time. So listen and hear the word of God as presented by Shauna Mason. Good morning. It's good to see everyone here this morning. I'm going to start with prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for once again being able to come to your house uh, to edify your name and to be fed by your word. Uh, Lord, as this message comes across um, in spiritual guideship, Lord, we ask that we can embark and embrace on the call of apprenticeship, whether it be doing mentorship or being a mentor or a mentee. Father God, we just thank you for the anointing that flows and <clears throat> that we take account to the call, Father God. To each family that is represented here today, let this message touch their hearts and their minds that they will know the account of the mandate in which we are to be laborers to gather the harvest in this season. So with this, Father God, we take account the charge and the command 
unto you, Father God, and to your glory. So with this, we thank you, and we bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So today I will be talking about the relationship of Paul and Barnabas, an apprenticeship by mentorship. In operating an apprenticeship, it is in these times our roles of skillfulness may require us to lead others in such skills as an apprentice through mentorship. As required, as such required from Barnabas to Paul. Barnabas' mentorship role towards Paul was one that was proven vital in Paul's life that skilled him in his calling as an apprentice. In Acts 43, Acts 4 and 36, Barnabas, his real name was Joseph, but due to the good qualities that he possessed, he was preferably referred to as Barnabas, meaning son of encouragement, full of compassion. <clears throat> Excuse me. In having these qualities, Barnabas excelled in encouraging others. Appointed by God, Barnabas was a prophet, a teacher, and an apostle. Barnabas' relationship with Paul began when he was the first person of influence and responsibility to extend his compassion and home to Paul. Acts 9 and 26-31 speaks about it. Being a spokesperson for Paul, due to the disciples of Jerusalem, that knew Paul as a persecutor and a murderer of the saints, they were afraid of him, and they didn't believe that he had been converted. But Barnabas introduced Paul to the apostles, and it convinced them of his conversion and how he had preached with power and boldness in Damascus. As read in Acts 30, 11:25-30. But the mentoring relationship started when Barnabas recruited Paul to help him teach the new followers of Antioch. They had both received the calling to start their journey as apostles together in preaching in Antioch. And it was under the leadership and mentorship of Barnabas that Paul was shown the great task of being an apprentice in teaching and proclaiming the word of the Lord. Barnabas, as we read in Acts 15, 30 through 35, Barnabas was even humble enough and confident in who he was in God to take the back seat, seeing that it was evident that Paul was the best person to lead the church to the new mission to the Gentiles. In closing, I would like to leave with you some of these key characteristics of an apprentice of discipling mentorship exemplified by our brother, Apostle Barnabas. The first one would be God-centered. He focused on living wholeheartedly for God, being unselfish in ministry, giving unto others without any personal gain. So as Christians, we should be sensitive to the Spirit's leading and invest our time and talents in evangelizing the lost, edifying the saints, and exalting the Lord. Number two, being Spirit-filled servanthood. In Barnabas, he puts others first, especially in providing 
exhortation and encouragement to others. This reminds us that Christian service is not about us, but it's being about our Father's business, about those whom the Spirit directs us to serve regardless of the circumstances and how we feel. The Spirit that dwells in us to empower us to console those who are hurting and to implore those who are wavering in their faith. Number three, kingdom focused. He ministered effectively as many were saved under his leadership. We see that the Spirit is calling us today to minister in diverse cross-cultural situations. This will require for us to be students of the world in which we live and to remain flexible and receptive, especially when we encounter those who are unsaved in unfamiliar cultural contexts. The fourth, a prudent risk taker, meaning that Barnabas, who was willing to take a prudent, cautious, well-judged, well-advised risk, such as he, when he vouched for Paul's integrity as a genuine genuine disciple of Jesus. We, too, may have the the call and the God-given opportunity of putting others, putting our lives on the line for the sake of the gospel, not meaning to be foolish in risk-taking, but rather sensitive to the Spirit's leading and standing on behalf of others, even if it may contradict the short-sightedness of other conservative understanding. The fifth, God-honoring character. He stood out for his exceptional character qualities. With Barnabas, we can actually exemplify and take follow to his lead in carrying good character through everyday life circumstances, enabling us to grow in Christ-likeness and flourish as faithful followers of Christ. Six, number six, having a team-oriented approach. He sought to help others such as Paul rather than work alone. The Spirit invites us to proactively seek out other believers with whom we can partner with and reaching the lost with the gospel and building up Jesus' discipleship in our faith. Number seven, spiritual maturity. Barnabas did not feel that it was necessary for him to remain in the limelight of Christian ministry, but he humbly stepped aside to allow Paul to lead in the ministry to preach, seeing that it was evident evident that Paul was to lead. Number eight, last but not least and most important, prayer. He understood the effective spread of the gospel was centered in prayer. Jesus wants us today with as his spirit-filled disciples to go before the Father's throne of grace with our petitions. Prayer with God provides us with guidance that we need to be more effective in our service to him in helping others. Setting aside our own personal agendas instead standing behind other disciples 
with whom God has raised to take on positions of leadership in our faith community. In that mentorship, the greatness of that is mentorship unlocks greatness and great potential. We stand on the shoulders of those who have mentored us, but we too must let others stand on the shoulders so that they can see further than us. Jesus himself declared that his disciples would do much greater things. In conclusion, the life of Barnabas includes his work as an apprentice in mentorship and his faithful account in encouraging others in a way that allowed others to, in turn, walk in leadership under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. We must continue to pray, seeking God's face, as we walk by faith together in hope that our legacy of our accomplishments as Jesus' disciples requires that we, too, are to remain committed to serving others no matter our differences, making risk no matter the cost, and keeping our character intact no matter the circumstance. With all this, I pray that God will bless each and every one with this. Um, we're having a apprentice, um, we're having a connection group, and I ask that everyone just joins together as the Spirit leads to take on the task and the command in which we're to do to help, you know, bring in the flock. So I'll end with prayer, and you all ask that you all be encouraged and encourage one another and, and just take flight in what God has for us in this last um, time of discipleship. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the uh, word that you've giving and teaching us and giving us the example of as Barnabas and Paul of being sent out um, whether in pairs or groups, Father, but just gathering the harvest. You said that there uh, that the harvest is plenty but the <clears throat> excuse me, but the laborers are few. So Father God, we want to be in the count. We want to take account in which you would have us to uh befriend and Disciple and possibly mentor those who are unsaved, Father God, whether it be our neighbor or family, Father God. We heed to the call and we thank you, Father God, for the blessings, the resources, the courage, and the strength to be disciples in our apprenticeship. So, Father God, we thank you once again for your love and your kindness and your guidance under the Holy Spirit in all directions. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God's word is powerful. And the example that we have in Barnabas and Paul can be a little bit convicting. Sometimes as I'm riding along Hamilton Avenue in our own community and I see five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds walking the street at night, I say that they're being apprenticed as well. All of us in life are being taught by something.
All of us in life are being mentored and coached by something. God is calling us and giving us an amazing, awesome privilege that we might come alongside the world and show them the kingdom of God by preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our church offers many opportunities, you know, for that to happen. But as we go through the eight characteristics one more time, God-centered has to be for the glory of God. Spirit-filled, that infers a relationship with Jesus. Barnabas knew Jesus. And because of his relationship with Jesus and being spirit-filled, he was able to discern that Saul, who would become Paul, would be greater. Third, kingdom focus. This is about the kingdom. It's not about our comfort, but it's about ministering to those that may not look like us, that may not speak like us. As I also was doing research on this, I looked up many famous people, even people from the early church. And all of them were able to give examples of being under an apprenticeship. As we sit here today, who taught you? Who guided you? Who continues to lead you? As we were led and are being led, God also calls us to lead that prudent risk-taker, again, out of our comfort zone, God-honoring character. Barnabas was a man full of the Holy Spirit and reputable among those in their community. Team-oriented approach, no person is an island. And spiritual maturity, allowing God to mature us that no longer do we need milk, but meat, and we can give to others. And lastly, but not least, prayer, which speaks of the intimacy that we need as a community that we might be effective apprentices. As, as we prepare for communion, as we prepare for the Lord's Supper, let us meditate and allow God to minister to us on whom he's calling us to be an apprentice to. Who is it in our life that maybe society deems unworthy, that society may not trust, that society has already condemned? Maybe it's that person that God might be calling to be the next Martin Luther, the next Martin Luther King, the next preacher, the next missionary, 
May God lead us as we disciple our community that we might be the apprentice he calls us to be. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your powerful word. Thank you for your servant, Shauna. Lord, who eloquently showed us the characteristics through the life of Barnabas and Paul of what it means to disciple, what it means to mentor, what it means to be an apprentice. Use this for your glory. Empower us, God. In Jesus' name.